0: I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White... To Encanto and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney animated studios film and tell you all about it.
1: Did we like it? Does
0: it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain? We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara... Or your evil crown. And
1: join us on our
0: adventure. This is is Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries. Hello, listeners. We are back with a fantastic episode that was voted by all of you on the Facebook page of what movie we should do over our break.
1: Reunited, and it feels so good. We're back.
0: We're back. With a
1: full episode. We sure are. We got all of our regular equipment out. We're talking in these microphones again. How do you feel?
0: I feel great, except it's reunited I don't know the and song. we feel so good.
1: So earlier today I told <laughs> Tara how to pronounce something and she gave me quite an earful about how it sounded smug and if you all could have seen the look on her face then. But anyway, yes, Tara cut. Tara is right. Well no, we're keeping it in. I want everyone to know. Um we uh we voted on us. If you're not part of the Facebook page, if you're not following us on Instagram, get on there and you'll be part of such great brackets as we did one. You know, at, between episodes, we love to let the listeners pick kind of a episode that doesn't necessarily that, that's that's you know kind of Disney adjacent or close to what we're trying to do on the podcast. And this one won the Muppet Movie, 1979's The Muppet Movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I gotta say, I, I I don't know if it breaks the top five, but this is a, one of my favorite movies.
0: It's a great movie. It's I, one I watched growing up. We've watched it together
1: mm-hmm.
0: before this watch theory. Why I say. did we
1: have a reason to why we were like, let's just check it out? I would just, one of us got a hankering to watch some Muppet at movies, so we did.
0: It may have been that you were talking about it and I was forgetting some things about it and you were <laughs> like, we should watch it. I feel like that tracks.
1: What you've just described is how you and I watch seventy percent of movies as I start to, I yeah go on probably. some weird thing where I keep talking about it and you're mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well I know what we're watching tonight. Yes. Um we 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 already watched it. Uh we're gonna talk Spoiler. a little bit at the beginning, kinda of about the making and that sort of stuff. Um and then let you guys have a chance to watch it. Before we start, Tara, give me like th- this we've talked about this and this may this episode may be heard in the future. Uh, during our, if we ever end up doing a Jim Henson season. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about like, what, what's, what is your history with the Muppets? Not just Kermit.
0: So when the, you say Muppets, the first thing that comes to mind for me is Muppet Babies. I'll be mm-hmm. quite honest. That's, That's something that I watched a lot as a kid. And I had like the little stuffed animals that came from, I think it was McDonald's. Who did you they have? Did, I had Miss Piggy, I had Kermit. Mm-hmm. I may have had one more uh so i had those toys so that was very nostalgic i know i've seen like i saw the muppet movie as a kid mm-hmm. we were discussing if i've seen great muppet caper i think i have but i think it's one that i didn't watch as much as this one
1: so uh, what about the characters beyond like like jim henson's like let's go oh, oeuvre like all of the stuff in general like what do you like what do you remember growing up like we're talking Fraggle Rock. Yeah, so Fraggle rock. Sesame Street. I rock.
0: I watched all those. So Fraggle. I was a Fraggle Rock kid. I had like the turnip. That was also McDonald's toys. Oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The little racers. Because we got one
1: that looked like them from for Elemental for the Pixar. Yes. You got yeah. One of your uh, happy meals that I make fun of. The yes, thing, it's but then quickly I can indulge, snatch the toy from. Because I can time.
0: indulge in McDonald's, but also get apple slices along with my mm. French fries. Uh, my small, small fry. It's not a kid's like meal, a extra it's a happy small. meal. Yes, exactly. And adults
1: are allowed to be happy.
0: Exactly. Uh, the other thing is, yeah, I watch Sesame Street all the time. I was a huge Sesame Street person as well. And as far as the Muppets, you know, in the 90s, it was Muppets Christmas Carol and Muppets Treasure Island, and mm-hmm, we've mm-hmm. done both of those on this podcast. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I think, you know, my love for the Muppets runs deep. I don't know that it runs quite as deep as you growing up. I Mm -hmm. feel like you knew a lot of, like, history and background and watched the Muppet Show a lot. I feel like I watched episodes of the Muppet Show, but I didn't watch, like, all of, you know, like, every episode or anything like that.
1: There's part of my hope that, by the time we get to the Jim Henson season, we'll have done so many Muppet shows that we won't have to do anything. We'll just <laughs> yeah, we'll just re-release every them. Every episode. Yeah. Um, uh, growing up, I loved... I There were some that I watched that were like recordings off of television stuff. Mm-hmm. There was uh, The Muppet Frog Prince, which I loved.
0: Uh, okay, that one I don't know that I've it seen. It was one
1: of their first things. Like the first okay. thing they did, I think, was Hey Cinderella. They did The Muppet Frog Prince, which is like, it's Kermit, Robin and Sweetums are the only recognizable Muppets. Oh, yet. okay. And it's like late sixties. Um, I love the Brennan Town musicians, which is one we'll have to do for the podcast sometime. Mm-hmm. But I think you can only find it on YouTube. Which is an old fable about uh three barnyard animals who like. It's very similar to the Muppet Show where they're all trying to become. Which is probably why Jim Henson was attracted to the idea, but it's all they're all trying to. They all know how to play an instrument. So then they get together and play a bit. So mm. it's like a sousaphone playing donkey and a trumpet playing rooster and like all these then they get together and they they go on an adventure and it's okay. a great muppet movie, real funny. I love those stuff. The the bunny picnic I think is one oh, you talked Oh, the bunny about picnic. Scene.
0: Yes, I love that one as a child. I watched that one a lot.
1: Love that stuff. I mean, this is probably old news to people who are if we're if this is showing up in the season but like Labyrinth, yes. Dark Crystal. Yeah. Uh what was the other Yes, one? I feel like that I stuff. didn't mention Love any it. of
0: those, but I grew up on all of that. And we've done Labyrinth mm-hmm. and we've talked about those. Well, we don't,
1: See, we could yeah. we don't have to do this whole season, we can <laughs> it in way. But Jim Henson obviously, I think if you're a Disney fan, especially after watching this movie, he's so close. I mean, he's 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 a, he's a later in in life a later, you know, in time. Walt Disney in a lot of ways. I think he reflects a little bit more of that kind of 60s and 70s mentality whereas uh, Walt Disney was, you know, early turn of the century yeah. type. They're a little later than that. Um, but, but he's
0: an innovator, a creator, mm-hmm, a designer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really is everything. I think he even goes past Walt Disney in that sense because yes. he's also a performer, right? So there's yes, that piece absolutely. of it. Uh, but yeah, I would agree with that for sure. I also would recommend, it's been a long time since I've read it, uh, but I remember loving it when I read it. It's, uh, I think it's, isn't it called Just Henson? Yeah, in his biography, it's long, but it doesn't feel long once you start reading it and it's very good.
1: I have it recommended for me. We and someone got it for me for Christmas, I believe it was my mom. Um I've heard good things about it saying that they you know, they don't really pull punches on Himpson. They they kind of show the good with the bad, which you know is something we like to talk about in this in this podcast. I will say I think he's got a lot less bad things going for him than say Mr. Disney did. Yeah. However, um neither here nor there. My next question for you, Tara, if in, in the entire and this question will change all during this series, I'm best, I bet. And we You're may have asked ask this during. You're my favorite, aren't you? And I bet we've talked about it during Muppet Treasure Island, and we may have different answers, but who is your favorite Muppet?
0: I don't know. I feel like depending on what movie I watch, I think it will change okay. who my favorite is. Because in, I love In
1: this moment right now. In
0: this moment right now, Miss Piggy, hands mm-hmm. down. I love Miss Piggy. She is a strong independent woman. We were talking about Feminist
1: this. Feminist icon. Yes. She knows what movie. she
0: wants. She puts herself out there and she like has no regrets. And I love that about her. But you know, if I watch Muppet's Christmas Carol, it's Gonzo and Rizzo, hands down. Right. Those are my favorite, you know? So I think it varies. I think when I was a kid, Miss Piggy was probably mm-hmm. my favorite. Uh, I also like some of the deep cuts. I love... um
1: Fletcher Bird, a character we didn't know existed until we saw this no, movie. No, we'll a bird describe hanging out Fletcher Bird
0: once we get into the plot, because I wrote it down so we could look it up. But that was one we didn't know. Ryan usually knows the names of Muppets, even if I yeah. know who they are, but I don't know their names, but I recognize them. I also like, is it Pepe?
1: The prawn. Yeah, I like that. He doesn't later, come yeah. till
0: later. So he's one that I like that's a little later. Uh, but of the OG, I would probably say Miss Piggy. And I like Rolf a lot, too.
1: I have a lot of respect for Rolf. I, I don't know what it is. I relate the most to Fozzie Bear. I used to mm. pretend I, I related the most to Gonzo. And I think in some ways I do. But Gonzo also has a confidence I don't. Yeah, and I think Fozzie, like I'm, you know, Gonzo is something to us to to uh, shoot for, and and Fozzie, I feel a little bit more because Fozzie sometimes is like, oh, and then like his friends have to help him.
0: Yeah, I'm sure there's a Muppet quiz out there. We should look and take it and see like what Muppet are you?
1: Can I tell you after watching this movie though who my favorite Muppet is? And I'll tell you, Kermit the Frog.
0: Kermit's great. I have
1: so much like. The, watching this movie, it feels like like we talked a lot, of, we talked a lot about Mickey Mouse and his kind of especially now kind of like I'm everybody likes me. Like he's so mm-hmm. like he's it's so concerned that he has to be likable in a corporate icon that he can't have much of a personality. And Kermit watching this, I'm like, Kermit has has goals. Kermit has dreams. It's not just like I get to get to Hollywood. I'll go into them a little bit when we go into the watching it. But I was like, I get Kermit's story like the Mm -hmm. most after watching this and his fears and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Well, and honestly, there wouldn't be the Muppets without Kermit. That's who Jim Henson started with. And it was even before it was Kermit, there was a puppet that looked similar to Kermit, uh, a little even less detailed than kermit which you know there's not much to kermit but you know
1: this seems like a good jumping point i've got a little bit of like the the muppets a muppets a brief history here if you want to
0: sure and then i've got a bunch of stuff about the film itself
1: yeah we'll do that um so just leading up to the film the muppets were created by jim henson of course in the 1950s uh he claimed, but later recanted that he coined the term Muppet as a blend the word marionette and puppet. I don't know what he ended up saying. Mm. It's probably was just a funny word he came up with. Um, but his earliest creations, some of his earliest creations were Kermit and Ralph. Um He they were uh, Kermit specifically was originally for a show that was uh, the whole Muppets were conceived for an adult audience, but they were for a show in 1955 called Salmon Friends, which was a short form television series produced by wrctv in washington dc
0: and was kermit sam like his name wasn't kermit in sam and friends i didn't think was it
1: i think sam was another character okay so maybe it I was i
0: that. yeah i for some reason was under the impression that his name wasn't always kermit but maybe i'm wrong
1: it may not have been i mean there was a there was a bunch of different stuff um, the the Muppets were in advertisements. Um, they they appeared as kind of parts of other variety shows. Rolf was a character on the Jimmy Dean show. Um, and then finally, uh, they kind of got together with uh, public television, and came up with Sesame Street in 1969.
0: And I think you can look up the commercials because I think we've watched. So there's like a coffee commercial or something. The, the coffee early commercials on, are so violent. Right? Yeah, it's they're, so funny. yeah, they're really intense.
1: The, the two commercials I remember is there's the uh, Winston Coffee, I think. Yeah, like I that. think it's something like and that. And it's things like where he's like, I don't like Winston's coffee. And this other yeah. guy blows up Kermit. And he's like, uh-huh. "That's You should drink Winston's coffee. It's basically that. It's like, if you don't drink, it, it's, it's really silly. And then there was the LeChoy Dragon. Do you remember the LeChoy Dragon? That might be later in the 60s. So he's for LeChoy Chow Mein.
0: Oh, I, it sounds familiar. And he
1: was a giant Muppet, like Sweetums or whatever. He had a long tail. he come to the aisle and be like, you want La joy? And he'd actually breathe. He'd say, it's yeah. cooked with dragon's fire. And he'd cook dragon on it. And then he'd turn around. His tail would knock everything out of the things. It was really silly. Um, they appeared on Saturday Night Live. They were some of the original oh. Saturday Night Live. It was a, a segment called The Land of Gorch, which is something they did in the first season and did mm-hmm. not appear after that, I don't think. It was when they were like... Watching that first season of Saturday Night Live, where like all the Saturday Night Live characters, you know how like now you watch it, it's like Will Ferrell. Like back yeah. then, it was just like, here's the person who's who's starring in it. Here's someone who's show like Andy Kaufman comes in for once and it goes, and the Saturday Night Live, the they're not quite ready for primetime players. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't get a billing or anything. So like, it was like, sh- you know, segment by Jim Henson's Muppets. And he would do that. Mm-hmm. But then. Jim Henson began developing network uh, television pilots, uh, one called The Muppet's Valentine Show, and one called The Muppet Show, Sex and Violence, and he tried to sell those to ABC. They did not go for it, but then finally in 1976, they they came out with The Muppet Show, and it's time it was nominated for 21 primetime Emmys, including Outstanding Variety Series in 1978. That paved the way, of course, for what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. 1979's The Muppet Movie. Real quick... I'll give you the, the little bit of the box office. And before that, oh, it yeah. looks
0: like his name was always Kermit. I mm. must have had that in my head as I heard Sam and Friends and didn't think that. So I just wanted to uh, support what you said and retract what I said. <laughs> uh, number three in
1: 1979 was Rocky II. Number two. Number two, the Amityville Horror, which isn't really part of our podcast, but I feel like I can't believe that was number two in movies. So maybe we need to add that to our horror movie it's a haunted house movie and then number one was kramer versus kramer Mm. a movie that would never be anywhere near the number one movie a movie about divorce um just to do a couple things in there number six is alien number nine is moonraker
0: and this was the 10th 10th highest grossing movie of the year
1: which with eight the jerk puts steve martin in two of the 10 highest uh, grossing movies of that year.
0: Great. So hit me with
1: some knowledge about filming it, because I don't think I found too much. Like, you you do the actual, like, basically the way we usually divide it, folks, is Tara does the actual, like, there are facts on IMDb and those type of places, the written facts, and I look for movies and those type of things. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't find a whole lot on YouTube or anywhere else about the actual making of this other than, like test footage and stuff like that Mm.
0: so it was the first theatrical film to feature the muppets which you know going through the quick abbreviated muppets history you know we kind of heard that uh it was a co-production between the uk and the u.s and it was written by the muppet show writers uh so i don't know if i'm going to say their names right but it was jerry jewel and jack burns uh were the writers of the muppet show and it was nominated for Best Original Song, Rainbow Connection, but a song from Norma Ray won. It Goes Like It Goes. Norma uh, Ray? Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. That's a good movie. We should watch that. And
0: then it was also nominated for Best Original Song Score, Adaptation, but All That Jazz won. So nominated for two Academy Awards, but did not win. Uh... Jim Henson, I mentioned this as we were watching it, but he was determined to use a larger budget of a feature film because he really wanted to put push the technological limits and capabilities of puppetry. And he does this in a variety of ways in this movie, and one of the most difficult uh, scenes that they did was Kermit riding the bicycle, and that happens <laughs> towards the beginning. And there is a whole thing... I. I took a picture of the description of how they did it if you would like me to read that or do you know how they did it and do you want to describe it because I have like It's it's a marionette
1: it. on like a track and stuff like that. I I know if you look on Disney Plus they actually have footage of it going wrong and it looks it looks like Every once in a while, when you see Muppet things going wrong, you feel you could feel them be like, "God dang it!" Like in the background, yeah, just felt like that.
0: So the way that it's described, it is the marionette, like you mentioned. Uh, to have it in a full body shot, the puppet with legs was posed onto the seat, and his legs and arms were attached to the pedals and handlebars. An overhead crane with a marionette system held the bicycle through strong strings invisible to the camera guiding the bicycle forward mm-hmm. the crane and system was out of the cr- c- camera's frame of vision so that's mm-hmm. kind of how that was done so that is probably the best example but there are lots of examples that i'm going to mention in in the movie things to look out for when you watch it that he was really pushing the limits
1: it's really funny because i think in great muppet caper or maybe muppets take manhattan it's been a long time since i've seen either one of those um like they all get on bikes and ride like apparently mm. they figured it out a way to do it because it's a huge scene of like i think it's piggy and kermit in the park and then everyone comes behind them yeah and like janice and floyd are on like a a tandem bike mm-hmm. everyone's on different bikes that's it's, cool. it's crazy so they apparently fixed that technology or figured it out
0: before the next movie that's cool uh Jim Henson, another scene that a lot of people remember because it's the opening scene to the movie uh, is when Kermit is singing Rainbow Connection in the swamp Mm -hmm. on a log. Jim Henson spent the entire day in a 50-gallon steel drum submerged in the pond for the opening scene in the swamp. And it was the same water tank as the lagoon from Gilligan's Island. So they filmed (laughs) uh, using that same tank. Another thing uh, that Ryan you were going to guess how this was done, is this is towards the end of the movie when Animal accidentally eats the Instagrow pills.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how
0: do you think it was done? Animal's head becomes very large and he comes out of I think they had to building. make a
1: big animal, but he's not that big, is he? Like, they had to build a, a smaller one and kind of composite him into the scene.
0: So it's interesting you should say that. Henson refused to use a normal puppet on a miniature set. So, so that's that
1: what we're watching is full size animal. Crew,
0: the crew constructed a gigantic animal head that measured 60 feet.
1: No kidding. That's what I read. So I, I, that's I could, what I read. Well, it's interesting because I go, okay, so this is obviously a big one, but I thought it was like in Lord of the Rings, they make big things, but then they. It's still they're not, not as big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when they show him from the back, you can see like what is typically a probably single piece of yarn that is a piece of animal. Mm hmm um you can see that it's multiple like it's it, it's 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 thicker it's all this so i'm like okay maybe they made a bigger one in composite so that's just the scene
0: that's that's what I read. Yeah, wow. I read that he refused to use a normal puppet to make it a miniature. Okay,
1: I'm putting this out there in the world, and and this is also for us. I want to know what happened to that giant animal.
0: Yeah, I would love to know that too. I like, feel where like where is it? Yeah, I don't know. It's in storage somewhere. Maybe Disney has it. I don't know.
1: Why didn't it ever appear in anything? I mean, he reuses his Muppets all the time. I mean, yeah, I'd be like, every movie ends with animal getting large. Maybe in their they baggie. used it and maybe. Spoiler! Sorry if we spoiled the. Maybe
0: they used it and something happened with the construction of it. I don't know. I don't know. But that's, well, that's just the fact thing is, I read. Like,
1: maybe they took it apart after they made like, yeah. It's like, how where do you, you store put
0: it? Yeah. Uh, also, the closing reprise of Rainbow Connection there are more than 250 Muppets in that scene, and it equaled to about all together. Uh, about two hundred and fifty puppets or muppets, a uh, hundred and fifty puppeteers out of those hundred and fifty, a hundred and thirty seven were enlisted from puppeteers of America. The rest were the normal muppet mm-hmm. puppeteers. Uh, and Jim Henson gave them gave everyone a lesson in the art of cinematic puppetry. So how cool would that have been if you were just yeah. hired for the day to just be one of the Muppets and then you get like basically this master class from Jim Henson. So I thought that was very cool. And they were in a six foot deep, 17 foot wide pit. Mm-hmm. And you can see that when they zoom out that they're definitely in a pit, but that's how big it was. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of the, the, you know, the dimensions. So some of the other things that were really challenging to do that they kind of figured out and made work was anytime they're driving in the Studebaker, there was like a well- lot that went into that
1: driving definitely but anytime they're in a car all i could th- like the first shot that happens is they're in the theater and then a driver drives up statler and waldorf and i'm like well henson and oz or whoever the two were are like have to be back behind yes, that seat that's 100 like, percent
0: correct i don't have any facts on them but when Fozzie's driving there is a little person driving the car from oh, wow. the trunk with a remote control, with a remote control using a TV guide, mo- a TV monitor oh, yeah, as a yeah, guide yeah, yeah. for the sk- steering, and apparently the first time that they tested it, the monitor went on the fritz, and it had to be guided on a walkie-talkie. So the puppeteers were on a seat on the floor; they could see nothing. So they like they're puppeting. Kermit wow. and Fozzie, but they don't know, like, if they crashed or anything, they wouldn't see any of that coming or anything, I mean, you know? So that's kind of crazy, I Do you remember, like,
1: that's kind of how they did Benny the Cab and... Who framed Roger Rabbit is they was there was like a guy and a small thing under them and they were on a frame. Like yeah. That's how they used to do things like that where they if they had to do anything.
0: But the whole bit with this movie is you get more and more people in the car. So they said <laughs> oh, the sequences with Fozzie, Kermit, Piggy, and the gang in the Studebaker, they said was really a logistical nightmare because Kermit and Piggy required a puppeteer. Fozzie required two. They all needed monitors and none could appear in the shot. So four men squeezed underneath the dashboard of the car with video monitors, and then you had the person in the trunk driving in the back. Well, that's just so that's kind of how that works.
1: Watching this movie, I was very much reminded of the the um, Nightmare Before Christmas and stop motion, and how much you know we've talked about that. Or at least I've gotten more and more when I watch it. I go, oh, think of how much time and effort, like yes, now it doesn't take time and effort to get the shot, but like to set up everything and to figure out how to do things that are normally like. So-and-so walks from, e- even from the right of the screen to the left of the screen. Like, you have to think about that. Like, when he goes into the El Slizo Cafe, it's just like, do-do-do. Oh, sleezo. Well, frog's got to eat. Do-do-do. Get out of the way. Like, that is not just, like, blocking. That's like, you have to figure out, how are we going to get stuff in the way so you don't see Jim Henson? How is Jim Henson going to move because the frog's yeah. moving a certain amount?
0: Well, and I don't want to say one's harder than the other, but I think there are more logistical nightmares, so to speak, with Muppets than stop motion. In the sense of, you have to make sure the puppeteers are never in the shot, right? You know, like that piece of it, I think, is more challenging. I'm not saying as a whole, you know, I don't want people who yeah, do yeah. stop motion to come after no, me, but I think there's different <laughs> challenges. But
1: that's what I'm saying is, it's not. Yeah. It's like you take something that should be simple, a matter of like yeah. someone walking across the screen, and then it's a nightmare for for different reasons. Like stop motion is a lot of patience, exactly. Puppeteering to me feels like a lot. Not a lot more, but it's more creativity of, like, how to get this shot and what to do.
0: But also, it got me thinking, because I read all of this before we watched the movie, it got me thinking about, like, how miserable the conditions were for these puppeteers a lot of times. Like, they were in cramped spots. They were in tight corners. They were basically sitting on top of each other, or they're, like, next to each other. And and they're not not short people, right? Jim Henson was very tall.
1: So they're... They they would build stages up, so that's one.
0: But for this movie it seems like in a lot of the situations they put the Muppets in, the puppeteers were not comfortable. Exactly. Which is crazy. Well,
1: there's a there's a I don't know if it's a documentary or whatever it was, but it's like Frank Oz, Dave Golds. It's like the remaining original puppeteers get together and have a conversation. Oh, that's cool. And they're all talking about all the they're like, Oh yeah, I've had X amount of shoulder surgery. That was my thought and the other
0: yeah, like arthritis, like all these different things. I mean it's that why I yeah. think it's
1: why Frank Oz quit. Like yeah. that didn't do it as much anymore. Or or at one point I think he was just doing the voice and someone else was doing the puppeteering. Mm. Like, I think it's, yeah.
0: You learn a lot, I believe, in the biography as well, because Frank Oz was so young when he started with Jim, mm-hmm. and they they write all about that relationship, which is fascinating. So just mm-hmm. a sidebar to recommend the book again. But uh, for the opening scene, Rainbow Connection, there were three Kermits. So one was mechanical, so he could play Stunfrogs, the banjo. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, during... Thank
1: you. That... Got more of a laugh than it deserved. (laughs) I appreciate that.
0: Uh, During, I hope that something better comes along. It's the duet between Ralph and Kermit. It was very rare for both of them to be in a scene together because Jim Henson voices both of those characters. So how they went about this is, uh, well, first let me describe what they would need to have happen to do the scene. Kermit's a glove puppet, so he's operated by one hand. Ralph, you need two hands and then Henson's, you need two hands from a puppeteer and then Henson's right hand controls his mouth Mm -hmm. and his left would control Ralph's left hand while another puppeteer would operate his right hand. So you'd essentially need, Jim Henson would need three hands, essentially, even with the help of like another puppeteer to do this scene. So how they did it was they did two tracks recorded separately uh, by Jim Henson, and then they combined it into one. And then when they did the actual Muppets, Henson and another puppeteer performer um, did Ralph because he was a more dynamic performance. And then Kermit was taken over by a third puppeteer mm-hmm. because he just had to lip sync. And apparently that was one of the rare times that Jim Henson entrusted someone else to do Kermit's performance. So it was a very rare thing to not only have these two Muppets together for this duet, but to have somebody other than Jim Henson when he was alive mm-hmm. doing the performance of Kermit. So I wanted to, to put all that in there cause I thought that was interesting.
1: Probably my favorite song, though, in the, in the It's movie. a good one, yeah. Paul Williams did the music for this. He shows up in El Slizo as the piano player, but he was, I think we talked a lot about him. He also did the music to Muppet's Christmas Carol. Oh, yeah. And that was kind of his return to doing Muppet music after a brief hiatus,
0: so. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the scene when Kermit has uh, a desert revelation, the director and producer, James Fra. Frawley, F-R-A-W-L-E-Y. He wanted to include a shooting star. So how they did that was the crew attached a Christmas tree light to a wire on a sound stage and they shot it across the set. Oh, so cool. that's how they mimicked that. Uh, and then this is something that I was mentioning to you, but I wanted to save it for when we record it. But the cinematographer Isidore Manofsky?
1: If you say so.
0: I'll say that that's his name. Uh, he was interviewed or quoted in what I was reading that he enjoyed working on the movie. He said, no one complained about light being in their eyes. So, <laughs> so that was something he liked or how long they had to stand in because you could just stick them up it on a pole. Like the puppeteer didn't even have to be there for the stand-in depending on the right, scene right, yeah. when he was lighting it and whatnot. And he said the puppeteers were really nice, but he said whenever he asked Jim to move Kermit so to get a better shot in the frame or whatever Jim would only respond as Kermit yes, and Kermit would only reply and we were talking about that that I think part of the reason why you have all these amazing cameos in this movie and in all of their movies is because people have such a joy working with the Muppets because you don't feel like you're working with a puppeteer you feel like you're working with Kermit and like they answer you in the personality and the voice of that Muppet which I think is really cool that they never like let that magic go, you know?
1: This is probably not too hard to believe, but I've got, like, something in my algorithm for YouTube every once in a while. They're like, do you want to see uh, Sesame Street bloopers? And it's, like, the three I remember the most are, there's one where it's John Oliver and Cookie Monster, and it's mm. really funny. And yeah. there's one where it's uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, and she says the S word in front of Elmo. <laughs> and Elmo's like, put money in the swear jar. Like, they handle yeah. it very well. Uh-huh. Like, and they laugh. And then there's one where it's with Robin Williams. And they get to the end and Elmo goes, thank you, Mr. Robbins. He goes, Mr. Robbins. Like he's given him a stick for some reason. He goes, yeah. give me that stick back and walks off stage. And Elmo goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, like goes below. <laughs> it's so, like Robin Williams really reacts to it very funny. But yeah. then like Elmo like goes off on a thing where he's like, I only had three lines or something. Yeah. it was mostly that. And you can just hear Robin Williams in the, like off camera just.
0: <laughs> laughing. Laughing yeah.
1: so Heartily, it's so good. Well, like,
0: because the improv, it's it's not only are they puppeteers, but they have to be strong in improv for those moments, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's phenomenal. Like, it's well, just really amazing to me what all they were able to do and the world they were able to create and how you everybody talks about it. Like, I even watched. I'm rewatching Top Chef, and that's just a show I have on when I'm doing other things. But they have an episode with. The, they have an episode with like Sesame Street, like Cookie Monster and Elmo. And like, you can see all the chefs like be so joyful that they're baking cookies yeah. for like the characters of Sesame Street. Like, I, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter who you are. You get this joy it's, of interacting with it's
1: them. It's the performance because yeah. they just establish, and there's the thing I read, there's a book called like Understanding Comics that talked there's a section I remember about like, what at what point do just lines become a face and why does the human body want to make faces out of things? Because because so, it's like a very simple face. It's just like a mouth and googly eyes. Mm-hmm. And I think like a good Muppet performer could put just a picture of a face on a stick and get you to forget that it's someone talking to you. Exactly, that it's just yes. A, because yeah. they, the way they move, like, I started seeing these things where there's all these things about the difference between like, like, okay, like this is your hand, right? So one of the things they talk about and this is great podcast cuz you yes, can't see it. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that when, when uh, listeners everyone take your hand and make a little like mouth out of it and start Essentially talking. a
0: glove puppet. What right, Kermit is. A glove is. puppet. Yeah. And I start
1: going up and down. I think most of you aren't doing what muppets do. Muppets don't have the fingers go up. They keep the fingers straight and the thumb goes ah. down. And there's a lot of like practice doing never that. never thought about that. Because if you do this, if you do the other way, you lose eyesight yeah you you don't see your eyes anymore the thumbs down i never thought about that it's (laughs) their eyes are maintaining i i quote unquote uh, you're maintaining google contact yeah 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 and it's just things like that that i'm like this is there's there's an artistry to it and i think he was the best you know Bret hart he's the best there ever was ever is and ever will be (laughs) like Mm. you know he's, he's jim henson just was so about creating that connection and i think he did such a good job.
0: And and another thing I'm wondering if people had, and I'll have to find a picture because we've been doing some clean out of different rooms. And so Mm -hmm. I've put this away. But I had, uh, and Jeremy had it too, shout out. I, you know, he's mentioned on this podcast many times, but we grew up together and had a lot of the same toys. (laughs) We had puppets that, all the faces were Velcro, and I think yeah. it was made by the Muppet Company. So you, I had a green one, and so you could change out their eyes, and you could put a mustache on it, kind of like a Mister Potato Head, but it was a puppet.
1: Hey, guess what, Tara? That's how they did some of them. Like, there's a name for, and again, maybe we should just do a Jim Henson season.
0: I, well, a, we want to, but I think we might need to do it sooner than originally planned.
1: There's a, there's a, there's a term for the Muppets that look just like people, like, like when you, you know how you, there's Muppet quote unquote people in Sesame Street and it's they just have different yes. eyes and wigs mm-hmm. and mustaches and there is even ones where they like there's jokes where they like lose everything they're like I'm naked like they do yeah. jokes like that like mm-hmm. that's how they do them like they're they're not necessarily built and stitched in a very specific way they're built to be they're built to be background ones. Or to be Excuse traded in and out. Traded in this. and out. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Um, sure.
0: And I just have two more facts, just so you know where I'm at in my
1: That was the answer to my question.
0: Okay. Uh Jim Henson wanted Doc Hopper to be redeemed at the end. Uh, but Frank Oz overruled that.
1: Do you know we're gonna be we're gonna have to Rank hopper? rank hopper he's a uh, i don't know we we need to talk about like what we do with these post disney like do mm. they go in there like or what does the the ranking look like and that's or a bit we, of discussion yeah but since we only really have i think this and i'll i'll off off mic. i'll suggest the other villains we should rank during our off season until mm-hmm. if you haven't listened to the teenage mutant Ninja turtles minisode we're not coming back with don bluth until 2024, but I will talk to you about the other sure. ones.
0: So I have one more fact, and yeah. that is just, it's the first movie based on a TV show to be preserved in the National Film Registry.
1: That was what my question was going to be, I forgot. Have you m- seen
0: Kermit or
1: anything at uh, the Smithsonian? Isn't he in the Smithsonian?
0: Yes, I have. I think I've seen it. I think, think, yeah, is, I think yeah, I think Kermit's there. Whatever Muppet stuff is in the Smithsonian, I have seen. It's just been a long time, so I don't remember. Yeah. But uh, like as a kid, we right went... next
1: to Cosby's sweater.
0: No, well Archie, <laughs> Archie Bunker's chair or Edith's chair. One of their chairs was in there. The ruby slippers, yeah, yeah all that type of stuff. I think uh, uh,
1: Don Draper's jacket is in there now.
0: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I haven't been in in a long time. Uh, but yeah, so that's everything I have before watching.
1: Let's go. Let's give our, our fairy tale friends a chance to check out the movie, and uh, folks, we'll be back in just a minute. Oh, I. Oh my gosh, yeah. Tara! So
0: my you, eyes are so I know, big. I was like, "What you are hold you hold doing?" On.
1: There's a whole thing, guys. Guys, take the <laughs> the VHS out of the clamshell and stick it in the VCR.
0: We'll see you on the other side, listeners. Ooh,
1: <laughs> one of us, at least. I may be fired from the podcast <laughs> after this.
0: Hello listeners, we are back and hopefully you have enjoyed the Muppet movie as much as we did. Uh, We mentioned at the top of this episode that we have seen it before, absolutely love it, but it doesn't matter how many times I see it, I see different things. I feel like I laugh at different jokes that maybe I, you know, didn't necessarily catch. I will also recommend having subtitles Is helpful because sometimes when they're all talking at once or at the end during the credits, you can kind of hear other jokes that are happening with different Muppets.
1: Because the credits is like the music track is higher than the the audio track Mm because it's just kind of fun stuff over the credits. And I was like hearing like there's a part where Miss Piggy's like, how was my karate? And I was like, I totally forgot that scene. Um Let's let's go through it, Tara. All let's right. start this.
0: So it opens at Worldwide Studios and Statler and Waldorf are going to see the movie screening. And of course, you know, they have their jokes. I saw a a sticker of them the other day that just says haters. It's <laughs> the two of them and it just says haters underneath it and I kind of want it. I have two uh,
1: notes uh, starting off that I wrote that okay. I really want to talk about. One is they pull into this the, this movie studio. Can we talk about the weird language we have had incepted into our brain of like what, Extras are always walking around a movie studio when they show a movie studio in a movie. It's always like there's a knight and there's two showgirls. Uh, It's always like like, someone carrying a ladder. It's always Uh like this very specific thing that I just think is absolutely like, what movie are they making? I want to (laughs) know. Yeah. Or they're all in different
0: movies, but maybe they're all going to a a communal craft service table or something. Yeah.
1: I'm interested. The second thing I want to say is I'm interested in this movie in 4K and playing on the 4K screen because. I thought Waldorf was very dirty. Like this feels like it was before they really refined the method of cleaning the muppets because I didn't a lot really of them notice. looked a little like smudged mm. in spots and I think now they're all so like especially since they're filmed in 4K. Yeah. And all that I think um I just Sometimes I would get fixated on it. So like, there's a scene later where, where Kermit's in the water, and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that one's ruined. Like, I yeah. feel like it's 1979. I'm not sure the cleaning technology is there to really pristinely mm. make these Muppets. Now, that's like an old version of Miss Piggy, too, when you see her, like her yes. the eyes and stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if that bumped for you, but she looks different now.
0: I I mean I know her as the, kind of the OG versus like what she looks like now. Well, there's so. she there's
1: an even older version at the beginning of the Muppet Show that looks way different. She actually the first couple episodes when you watch her, she does not have she has a very different voice.
0: I feel like this is the Miss Piggy yes, I know absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so we come into this movie theater and all the Muppets are just doing bits, you know, <laughs> like it is just a bunch of like little bits with the different characters. And then this is when I wrote, who is that giant bird in the back? So it's this giant bird that's probably as tall as Big Bird. It's a very tall bird.
1: Not talking to anyone. It looks like- Multicolored, really
0: beautiful colors. And like the legs are striped but in different not colors. But like, it's like
1: when- When some of the like a monster, comes up and goes, Is someone using this chair? and takes a chair and its mouth moves, and and Sweetum's mouth moves. Nothing moves on the bird other than its arms, and it just looks like a dude in a costume that's like, It's just in the corner. It's it's a
0: really beautiful muppet, though, like really vibrant colors. And you found out the name was Fletcher Bird. Fletcher Bird.
1: Now, I don't remember how I found this. It's okay. I think I was looking up, and it's like someone was done as him. It's apparently someone from The Muppet Show. But oh okay. It looks like it looks like an acid dream of a bird. Yeah, I It's it, like big birds like super colorful. It's 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 if it looks like Big Bird at a Pride festival. It's Got so it. colorful. Yeah,
0: but it's different feathers than Big Bird. They're yes. like, yeah, they're, it's a different texture it's of It's Big feather. Bird's cousin who goes yeah, to the yeah, Pride yeah. festival. But, uh, but I, yeah, I was just amazed because I was like, I've never seen that one before. Mm-hmm. And Ryan didn't know the name, which amazed me too because Ryan <laughs> usually is pretty good with like lore of anything we watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing is too, at this point, in that last scene, I think they used every Muppet that they had ever created. Like they pretty much because you you said Bert and Ernie are in there, Street. yeah. There's Sesame yeah, Street is yeah. in there as well as the others. Uh, so yeah, so we're in this movie theater and we're finding out this is the origin story of how the Muppets got started, more or less. Kermit says to Robin, and then it opens on Rainbow Connection, which I think is still. I love the duet with Kermit and Rolf, but I think Rainbow Connection is still my favorite. I think it's still my favorite scene in the whole movie. It's so good, and my favorite song out of the whole movie. I think I I can hands down say it, but we can talk later. I
1: think I can actually like agree with you that Rainbow Connection has is a better song. Has like no pun intended connected with us on like a cultural level because like you said, there's there's, Willie Nelson covers it. Like there's yeah the uh ukulele playing guy from hawaii covered it uh
0: israel and i never know how to (laughs) say his last name it's a lot of letters uh but yes he does a good version i also we had a question from a listener a while back so now i like mentally want to share anytime it comes up i use this song a lot in my sessions and have for a long time um i'm a music therapist i work with older adults uh memory care assisted living and hospice and everything in between and uh one of our listeners and uh former hosts and i guess current hosts because he'll probably be on something in the future who are you talking about Ryan oh right, right okay but yeah he he was asking i think about me using disney music oh, in movies right, right, so right, right, yeah. yeah so this is rainbow connection is one i use it's one that gets requested a lot it's it's so it is one that it's for one you me sang along with as it was Yeah, I couldn't help it. I love it. Oh, you have a beautiful voice. Thank you. Uh, But yeah, so it's one that for me, like you said, it transcends just like it being like a nice song in a movie Mm -hmm. for me. Like there's more connections there. So we open with that. In the swamp, Kermit is singing and playing. And I love the reflection they get of Kermit in the water, too. That's really cool, the, the way that they they like film or, or shoot that scene. And then Dom DeLuise... Our first uh, of many cameos. Yes, and Ryan's going to try to mention them when they come in, because I did not write them all down. Uh, but he's lost uh, in kind of like a rowboat in the swamp, and he is Bernie the agent. And he's an agent from Hollywood, and he says, you know, you're talented, and you're in luck, because there's open audition for frogs in yes. Hollywood. So then it cuts to I- Kermit. Oh.
1: Well, one of the things I love about this movie is that not only... It's like the Muppets are goofballs and weirdos, but like the world is obviously fictional and they, it's it's they do this this movie's a little meta and that it knows it's a movie where it's like we have to keep moving so like don't worry about the reality yes they have a frog audition yeah
0: so. yeah they don't explain that yet. Mm. So it yeah so cuts to kermit on the bicycle which is the scene that we were talking about uh in the first half of the podcast and then this is where we meet doc hopper who is the villain of the film he is based off of uh the kentucky fried chicken colonel sanders uh oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. guy and, but instead of chicken, it's frog's legs. And so he has all these restaurants, and, and that's kind of his thing.
1: Well, technically, we don't meet Doc Hopper there. We see the sign. Oh, that's right. And we, we meet see the Max, sign. Who's you're, played right, by Austin you're right. You're right. Thank you. Uh, one of Tara's favorite, an actor for one of Tara's favorite movies or her favorite movie, My Cousin Vinny. Um, he's, in, I think he was in Laughing. Yes, like he's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. He's
0: great. Uh, so you're right. Yes. We see the billboard. And then uh, we're, in the El Slizo Cafe where they are serving frog legs in all different ways. And it feels like a cafe, Ryan said this, for Bond villains, uh, and the French. Like mm-hmm. it's a mix of that, uh, in El Slizo. And this is where we see Paul Williams on the piano and he's playing the intro for Fozzie. So Fozzie is the first of the crew that we meet on Kermit's journey to Hollywood.
1: Before that happens, did you talk about we didn't talk about the owner being kicked out.
0: No, we did not. The
1: owner is played by James Coburn and he gets thrown out. He says, That's the most vile, repulsive place ever. And there's like, Oh, you should say something to the manager. I am the ma- oh you should say something to the owner. I am the owner. Yes, and yeah, Then yeah, he yeah. goes in and he goes to the bar and Madeline Kahn tries to get him yes. to buy her a drink. Yes, yes, yes. Who then her boyfriend Telly Savalis mm-hmm. says, Is this frog bothering you? And she's like, He touched me and he's like, Oh, you'll get warts and yeah Homer goes, That's a myth. And he goes, Yeah, but she's my myth. He goes, no, 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 not miss. Myth, myth. And yeah. And Carol Kane comes in out of nowhere and goes, yes. <laughs> and that's the sort of a running gag. So anyway, there we
0: go. Yes. Uh, and yeah, so a lot of cameos right in that. Yeah. And I will say, my notes... Do not mention those, so you might have to backtrack. I will do my best. I think we got uh, them all. If, if, so far. If I skip over something. So Fozzie comes on stage, and he's bombing. He is bombing hard. Everyone is booing him. So then Kermit has Paul Williams play some jaunty music, and Kermit, Kermit goes up there, and he's like, let's dance. So then they start dancing, and the crowd is booing, and this is where we see Doc Hopper spying. And he's now sees that like Kermit can dance, and he's got like these opera banales binoculars that he's like looking in at Kermit dancing on the stage and so Kermit and Fozzie get talking and he invites him to go to Hollywood and this is where uh Fozzie's like oh I have a car because my uncle left it to me and Kermit's like oh did your uncle die he's like no he's just hibernating." hibernating uh so now they're in the Studebaker Doc Hopper is following them he's trying to persuade kermit to do the frog leg commercials he's basically like look i need you for these commercials i want to go big i want restaurants everywhere and kermit refuses and this is cheese where
1: legs bacon legs chilling legs too yeah i love that commercial yeah it's, so and it's him
0: in this weird frog costume and he's like see like it's not good i need you and he goes i'll pay you 500 dollars up front and you're gonna earn that every year which was just a funny amount yes. to think about
1: well i think the, the the Muppets appeal to, like, starving artists and things like that. And I think there's this idea of, yeah. like, they really have zero money. Like, they trade in their cars for $12. He mm-hmm. buys the 95-cent bottle of champagne. Like, yeah. they have no money.
0: Yeah. They are just getting by, if yeah. that. Uh, so Max is kind of the sidekick or the henchman of Doc Hopper. And so he's has Max follow them in the car. They're in, like, a caddy. And so the song Moving Right Along comes in and they're singing in the car. And I like this song, uh, but it's, it's a my montage. S- it's, it,
1: my sister requires it to be on every road trip mix. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. Uh, Even if I'm like, this one's 80s music. She's like, put on, whatever. Got it. Okay.
0: Uh, so yeah, so they're singing in the car. It's kind of this montage and they run into Big Bird and Big Bird is going to the East Coast. Big Bird's going to New York City. Uh, To
1: get a to start a career in public television, yes. And okay, good luck. Yeah, (laughs) and they're
0: headed out west. So then, uh, we see Doc Hopper. He now is at a billboard, and they've painted Kermit's face on it to get their attention. They
1: nothing Max has painted it on. Max is wearing painter's pants. He's got two uh brushes in his hand to point at it, and he's got green paint on his knees. It's just silly little details i never noticed before yes
0: max is definitely doing all of the hard work and Mm -hmm. the dirty work for doc hopper throughout this film
1: and kermit makes a comment about like all i can think of is little frogs on crutches yes and that's the first time we see max go huh and like kind of turn because he goes he's like open the door max he's like you open the door yeah i'm not i'm done doing your work he's like i'll increase your percentage he's like i'll get the door
0: yeah yeah when he gets paid more but this is like you're right when max's wheels start turning like oh I didn't realize, like, what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and how far we're pushing this. So they stop at a church uh, to take a little snooze, uh, and Fozzie and Kermit, they pull over, they kind of, almost crash, kind of pull over and they fall asleep and then they hear this music and they go into the church and it's Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem and they're playing and they let them know, oh, we're going to turn this church into a coffee house. It's going to be great. We're going to play music here all the time. And the band wants to help them on their journey to Hollywood. They don't want to join them at this point, but they want to help them.
1: I don't look like Presbyterians to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so they disguise the car, uh, and there's kind of a music break here. So they're painting Fozzie and Kermit's car, and uh, we get the song, Can You Picture That? And so when all of that is happening, it cuts to Hopper and Max Uh, and then the car blending in with the billboard. But this Mm. is also where we get the bit that comes back at the end about the screenplay. Fozzie starts telling uh, the band the story that we've already watched. Yeah. And so Kermit's like, no, the audience has already heard this. Just give <laughs> them the screenplay. Be they can read and find out what happens. So that bit comes back later. So yeah, so now they're in this very wild and vibrant colored car.
1: One one other thing to, to to back up on. I forgot. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. When they're at the billboard that Max painted.
0: Yes. He goes, with Kermit's we're a small face.
1: operation, but we're looking to expand, expand. You know expansion. Frogs expand, don't they? He does that big mouth. And oh, yeah. He goes, that's a myth. He's like, a oh, what? He goes, a oh, myth, myth. And then Carol Kane appears yes. from behind the thing. Yes. And goes, yes. And they're like, ugh. And they just shake. The- like, yeah. I love that they make b- bad jokes. And then they, like, they look like they're just as annoyed as anyone else would be.
0: Well, and I feel like I'm getting deja vu. So I feel like we've talked about this in other Muppets episodes that we've covered where they make a joke. It's a bad joke. It, it's funny, then it's too much, then it goes to being funny again, well, then they, right? Uh, like, yes. that's the whole idea of the Muppets is, like, pushing it that and far. And they
1: also say flat out, oh, God, it's a running gag. Because there's a whole bit about, like, the guy's like, I'm lost. He goes, like, have you tried Harry Krishna? Yes. He's like, that guy has no direction. Have you tried Harry Krishna? And then when they pull up to the, the church, church it's, it says, like...
0: Are you lost? Are you
1: lost? Try Reverend Harry Krishna. Like, yeah. it's so stupid.
0: Mm-hmm. So this car blends in with this multicolored billboard because it's kind of this psychedelic painted car, the way they painted it. And then this is where they meet Great Gonzo Plumbing. Uh, and he's a plumbing artiste. Uh, and it's Great Gon- plumbers
1: are born, not made. Yes. Camilla.
0: And it's uh, Camilla and Gonzo, uh, Gonzo's uh, famous chicken. So they want to go. But Gonzo wants to go to India to become a big movie star. Yes. And that's kind of his dream. And his car winds up. Do they almost get into an accident? Is that kind of how? He's driving
1: on the wrong side of the road. They don't establish why other than just, I guess, Gonzo's maybe a bad he w- driver. Well, maybe
0: he was talking to Camilla and, like, didn't notice. I don't know. Yes. But his car winds up flipped upside down on top of the Studebaker. So now yes. they're driving with Gonzo, Camilla, and the car on top of the Studebaker. And they pull into a used car lot. And so this is where we first see Sweetums, who lifts the cars, and there's another cameo.
1: Ma- 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 I'm okay. Milton Burrow.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. So, uh, As so Madman he- Moody. <laughs> yeah. So he sells them a little bit bigger of a car, and they invite Sweetums to come along to Hollywood, and he runs away, and th- they thought that was weird. They don't know what happened. They leave and I feel so bad for Sweetums. He was going to get his suitcase and now he's like chasing them the rest of the way.
1: Sweetums gets the final joke and Sweetums has a great job working the, uh, his actual puppet is at the Muppet 4D where he always comes out. Oh, yes. And he comes out and looks at the audience and stuff and they have a cast member. Mm -hmm. I didn't, for some reason, I don't know why I never thought about this. I just thought, it's, again, I've told you the whole thing where I was way t- older than I want to admit when I realized Chewbacca wasn't played by Chewbacca. Yes, 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 yes. Like, that was the same thing when I watched it so I was like, oh, man, Sweetums is here. I never thought, like, a cast member gets to dress up in the Sweetums costume yeah. and do that whole thing. Anyway. Yeah.
0: So they go on their travels, and now they're at the county fair, and this is where they meet Miss Piggy. So she's one, what is it, Miss Bogden County? I forget the name of the county.
1: Yes, the announcer of Miss Bowden County... Uh beauty contest is Elliot Gould. Yes, that's in a right. Sweet seventy six. He is, he is young. And the judge is uh, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy, Mm. who you might remember from our Fun and Fancy Free uh, episode. Check that out. God knows what the audio quality on that was.
0: (laughs) That was the early days of the podcast. But basically, they look at one another. Kermit is in the audience. Miss Piggy's up on stage. And they essentially, they have the fall in love look. And it turns into the Never Before, Never Again song, which is a montage of all these famous love scenes. But it's Kermit and Piggy. And it's wonderful.
1: There is this meme going around where it's Gomez and Morticia Adams and Roger Rabbit and um, Jessica, Jessica, and it's like this talking about the energy of this couple, energy of a complete like weirdo gremlin, uh, a knockout bombshell who loves him. Like for some reason, I don't
0: think Gomez is a
1: original adams family. oh okay. Okay, okay okay the new gomez I is like the new gomez is a little more suave like, yeah. yeah i was like gomez is um no no, no okay. it's it's yeah it's it's got it's, it. it's, but i think there's a si- not exactly the same but there's a similar energy here in their couple where it's like kermit's just such a beta yeah like i, I and i don't mean that in like you know the the the, the terms that people mean now but he's like very much like a helpful person who's like, I just want to make sure my friends shine and have yeah. a good whatever. And she's just so into him. And like, yeah. but she's also like so independent. I, I just think it's so funny. It's, it's yeah,
0: there is. I, I would agree with you. There's a similar energy there it's with not the, the other. Same, it's not yeah. the same, but it is similar. And he also, we didn't mention this, but he talks about wanting to make a million people happy. Like he hears somehow that's in the conversation about you can audition, you can be a movie star, you'll make a million people happy. And yes. like you said, back to what you're saying, Kermit just wants to make people happy.
1: That's what makes him excited. It's like, oh, I can make way more people happy. Yeah. Than like, just
0: here sitting on the log in the swamp singing which I my think song. Is,
1: we're probably seeing some sort of insight into Jim Henson's thoughts on yeah probably entertainment
0: uh but yeah i love i love miss piggy i love this scene i love this whole montage it's great uh so piggy gets packed to go on the trip and you made a very good point because the montage ends with them getting married so it's like this daydream and then it cuts to kermit inviting her for ice cream and you made a good point that he immediately invites everyone to go to hollywood but not miss piggy he's like
1: i was inviting you to ice cream not to go with us why would i invite you to go with us i just met you it's like You've known Gonzo for two minutes longer than her. And
0: also, Miss Piggy mentions that she's an actress and a model. Yeah, so she would be she's like got perfect. She has an agent. Yeah, she's got like, she's contacts. potentially
1: a better person to take to Hollywood than the plumber, the chicken, or the, the stage performer. Okay. Well, they so, invite
0: uh, sweetums too. So,
1: or, or, or the jack. That was jack. Not James. Jack. Yeah. Job. Um,
0: but what I said, which I feel like has to be it, is he's so smitten with her and so nervous around her that maybe he just doesn't want her to cloud his judgment. I think but it's a funnier
1: joke this way. I think that's yes, all it is. This, I'm sure this, it this, is. This, yeah. But that's
0: me giving a reason for it because now, why wouldn't he invite Miss Piggy?
1: Uh, Fozzie goes to get ice cream, and it's the ice cream vendor is Bob Hope. Yes. And uh, Gonzo goes to buy balloons. and mm-hmm. the balloon vendor is Richard Pryor. And this is when I said it I think they're getting some great performances out of these. Like Richard Pryor really seems to be kind of digging into this, like, why not get her? both? Who? like you yeah. a really good Richard Pryor performance here. it's just so it's funny to me that I think, they're getting great performances out of their actors because of the Muppets. Yeah,
0: it just seems like the actors are joyful. It seems yes. like they're really enjoying that they get to be there with the Muppets. So Gonzo winds up floating away with all these balloons and Doc uh, is trying to shoot out the tires of the car. So basically what happens is Gonzo floats away. They're all like, we have to get back in the car. So there's no discussion if Miss Piggy comes or not because she's got her suitcase. She just we runs have, along with them.
1: We have to go get my longtime friend Gonzo Yes, yeah, so we and have to go save life, Gonzo. As opposed to Miss Piggy, the woman i've clearly fallen in love with immediately
0: so they go to save gonzo and doc appears again and he's trying to shoot the tires out of the car as all this is happening and they wind up uh crashing into aunt amy's pies which is a billboard with an aunt amy holding a giant pie and when they crash into it it's an actual pie and it hits doc's car and then they get gonzo back (laughs) there are there are some
1: bits in this that are clearly feel stolen from old like Looney Tunes cartoons or yeah. Tex Avery.
0: So then we see Sweetums. He then makes it to the county fair after they've left. So again, this kind of happens throughout the movie as Sweetums is like two steps behind them, the whole journey. Mm-hmm. So this is where I wrote, strong woman knows what she wants. Uh, but because she's in the car and she's like, I think we should rest and we should stop for dinner for the night. Dinner and for two. Dinner, quiet
1: for dinner, two. For two. Quiet dinner for two. quiet
0: dinner for two. And Gonzo goes, I'll eat with you, Miss Piggy. She goes, <laughs> great. I'll eat with you, Miss Piggy. Yeah, and she's like, I wasn't talking to you. That's so good. Uh, And so, I don't know why I have like this, I wasn't talking, now I can't do it. My Miss Piggy voice is not good, but anyway. It's
1: almost... Uh, American McGonagall. I know you've been watching yes, Harry Potter. It's
0: that mixed with a little Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, <laughs> Yes,
1: little Mrs. Doubtfire.
0: Hello! Hello! Uh, but anyway, they go to this candlelight dinner, just her and Kermit, and this is where we and get...
1: We're going to talk about something that's going to sound ridiculous, but I am 100% serious when I say she looks stunning here.
0: She does look stunning. <laughs> her, her hair, hair is, is down, amazing. It's curled really her pretty. Her arms, and she
1: effing knows it because her arms are out she's like she comes in her shoulders are out long walks she is a this is what I said she's a feminist icon
0: she's great She's great. I love her. She's so good here.
1: And they're in God no. I I always thought they're in Minnesota or something. Yeah,
0: I don't know that they ever say where they are at this point in the movie.
1: But the waiter comes and it's Steve Martin in shorts.
0: The shorts bit is funny because he's so tall compared to them. Yes. And like his bare legs just like come up to the table where right, they're right, right, sitting. Right, right. It's very funny. But he's such a jerk, which is also he funny. Seems he so like annoyed. can't be bothered. Uh, and he's got, like, this gold chain that has the bottle opener on it because he's opening That's the so wine, funny. but the wine is, like, capped like a beer bottle.
1: Do you want to smell the bottle cap? Yes. <laughs> the, finest, the finest wine in all of Muskegee or something like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. So Kermit and Piggy are getting close. It looks like they might kiss, and then she gets a phone call. And she's like, oh, it'll be just a minute. I did give my agent the number here or whatever. So she leaves... And then he's waiting a very long time. Mm-hmm. She's not coming back. He doesn't know what's going on. He's pretty bummed. and he hears Ralph ah uh, playing piano. And so Ralph kind of uh, takes the role of a bartender. In this moment, you know, he's asking him, oh, what are your troubles? What is this? What is that? And this is the song and the duet between the two of them. Uh, Hope that something better comes along. And it's really just singing the blues here. And then when the song ends, it's a great song, by the way. It's Wonderful. another scene that, you know, you could just it's watch It's my favorite. It. That's yeah, one it's was my really favorite. good. It's really good. Uh, it's And I think I like it even more knowing the logistics behind it, like what we talked about, like what had to be done for them to make it work since Jim Henson voiced both characters. Mm-hmm. It makes it even more impressive, in my opinion. But Kermit now gets a phone call and he answers and it's Doc mm-hmm. and Doc has kidnapped Miss Piggy. So now he kind of realizes what happened to Miss Piggy and what's going on here. So. He goes to get her, and now they're both tied up. They, they can't get untied. And uh, Doc hires <laughs> Professor Craftsman. Uh, this
1: is such a weird... Then he hires... Uh, a he, German
0: doctor who, who is a
1: lead in mind control. mind control for frogs. Not just mind control. Yes, for frogs It's, a, frog it's an ever-growing field. Yes.
0: <laughs> and it is the one and only Mel Brooks. Now,
1: in hindsight, I believe I said that Steve Martin was the best cameo. I think Mel Brooks steals it. I think But Mel
0: Brooks <laughs> also gets more camera time I think. He
1: feel does. Like. But the, okay, so it's it's, it's it's I would say it's, he is cast technically in the in the ca- in the call sheet higher than just about anybody.
0: Yeah. He's really good, really over the top. I mean, he's except Exactly what you think of when you think of Mel Brooks doing mm-hmm. like a bit in a movie—a German scientist, a German with scientist, frogs. Yes. Uh, so he's trying to fry Kermit's brains, basically, uh, so he won't really know Cerebrectomy,
1: anything. Saberectomy, <laughs>
0: Yes, and so. Uh, Doc leaves and says, I'll be back for the frog once everything's completed. And Miss Piggy just gets so strong. She goes off adrenaline and she breaks out of the ropes. And this is another amazing scene. Not only does she save her and Kermit, but she beats up everyone. And when her foot, when her leg kicks people (laughs) in the face, it is hilarious and amazing. And I love every second of it. I also love when her legs are crossed. She's like tied up, but her legs are crossed and it's so good. She's so great. but then the phone rings after they've kind of beaten everybody after Miss Piggy's beaten everybody up and it is her agent. And so it's for a commercial and she asks how much, and it must be for a good amount because she must basically be for almost $500. Yes. Cause she basically just turns to Kermit and she's like, bye and leaves. She doesn't really explain she anything. Well, bye. yeah, She's just like, bye.
1: And then the film breaks.
0: Yes. And it co- it cuts to the Swedish chef, uh, and he's got the film. The actual roll of film is like all over him, and he's like, "It'll just be a minute in the flim, yes, flim. in his Swedish chef voice." And we may have, I think, we ruined this for listeners during Muppets Christmas Carol, but we'll do it again here.
1: His hands are real hands; they're not like
0: they're human hands. whereas for like like Rolf, a puppeteer hands, Rolf,
1: they put hands up into Rolf hands. Or even for a human Muppet, they'll put them up into like flesh colored Muppet hands. This is they just slide hands through sleeves, and you're looking at real human hands. And the minute the Swedish Chef is half Muppet, half man.
0: And the minute Ryan pointed that out to me years ago, I can now never unsee it, and it makes me like the Swedish Chef a little Mm -hmm. less because it is so weird when you like put that Mm -hmm. together in your brain. So sorry about that, listeners, but hope it doesn't ruin it for you. Uh, so, yes, so the screen goes out, they get back to the movie, and now they're all in the car singing. Fozzie is singing America the Beautiful, uh, Ralph is now with them. And it cuts to target practice. So there's this green wooden frog that Mac is ho- Max is holding up. And Doc has brought in all these people to hunt down Kermit. And now he has Snake Walker, who kills frogs. So he's bringing in, like, the big guns. So it's this very scary guy who's going to hunt down Kermit on his own. And who is that guy?
1: Nobody. He's nobody? Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, he's a person. but But
0: not, yeah. Not a cameo person. I hate it.
1: I just googled Swedish Chef hands. It's I hate funny it. because when they have him like posing for stuff, like that's clearly they have like
0: a hands for. Yes, they have other, other posable hands, hands But when for he's him. just there they just go to just slip him and right. I don't like it. <laughs> uh so Miss Picky's on the side of the road hitchhiking. We still don't ever when they pick her up, we don't really ever find out what's kind of happened to her between now and then. Uh but they do pick her up. Kermit is mad at her. Like, doesn't really want to talk to her. Uh, you know, he's very upset that she just kind of left him and she's like, do you want to kiss? And he's like, no, not right now. And she's like, how about a hug? And so they kind of hug. And, uh, then doc comes in over the radio and he Mm -hmm. basically tells them that they need to turn around. They need to pull over. Uh, And be done with this. And so um, the engine starts to putter and they break down. He
1: goes, you've been listening to songs to hug frogs. Yes,
0: yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's funny. But he's basically like, I'm coming for you. Mm -hmm. So the engine quits and now they're all camping out and they realize they're going to miss the auditions. The auditions are the next day and now they don't have a car and, you know, these guys are chasing them. And Ralph uh, starts playing harmonica. Fozzie starts playing guitar. And the song, I'm going back there someday, Gonzo sings this one. So it's kind of just thinking, you know, kind of reminiscing Mm -hmm. and, and thinking about kind of what's going on in all their lives. And Kermit leaves the group. And he's very... I don't know if introspective is the right word, but he's kind of having this conversation, maybe self-reflection. He's having this conversation. Well, he's having
1: self-doubt.
0: Self-doubt, I guess. Yeah. But he's having a conversation with himself that like all of these people relied on me, but I didn't promise them anything, but I really promised something to myself that I would I, make it out of the swamp.
1: Yeah, because what well, he says, I didn't promise anything. He's like, we got to remember, they all came on their own. Yeah. They're like, they believed in the dream, and then he's, mm-hmm. like, I guess, he's like, I guess I did promise somebody. Promise me. Zoom out. Uh, falling star. Yes. Beautiful.
0: yeah, It's a great scene. Uh, and then Electric Mayhem shows up. They show up with their bus, which has <laughs> plenty of room for everybody. And, the and
1: re- for, for all the Muppets and the Muppeteers underneath. Yes, that's yes like, there's more we got, space. We got to put them on a bus. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but this is where the bit of the screenplay comes back that they're like, how did you know where we were? They're like, we read ahead. So we know. And they've got... They've got,
1: there's drawings on it. You can't see, you see it real quick, but it looks like they've definitely doodled.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, like the, I yeah. think it's very funny. Yeah. So now we get moving right along, kind of a reprise of that. And then there's a motorcycle cop that's pulling them over and it reveals it's Max. Mm-hmm. And Max is like, look, I'm not here to hurt you. They don't really believe him at first. He's like, no, I'm coming to warn you. Doc has this frog killer and you really need to be careful. So Kermit finally says, Enough of this. Like I'm tired of running. Let's like do a showdown. And so there's a ghost town coming up and they pull in and there's <laughs> a dead horse skeleton that just like collapses when they drive by it. Like it was
1: you know like
0: on a string someone pulled it and it collapsed yeah, is so what it was looks like. Being yeah.
1: held up and then yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So this is where we meet Beaker and Dr. Bunsen, Honeydew Bunsen, and they are talking about all these kind of experiments and things that they're doing here because it's just the two of them, and they have these Instagrow pills. And so now the showdown, Kermit comes out with cowboy boots and a cowboy hat. I would love like a little figure of Kermit as a cowboy. He's very cute in his boots and hat. And uh, Doc is there with all of his like cronies, and Kermit... I wrote in my notes, Kermit is laying truth bombs. But Kermit is very much just like, look, I Popper,
1: have... what's wrong with you? <laughs> like- yeah,
0: he's like, I have a dream. Like, I want to follow my dream just like you're trying to follow your dream. Like, why do you want to ruin mine? And, you know, he's trying to be really honest with him and just be like, just let us go. Like, let us go do what we want to do. And Doc is like, nope, not going to happen. And so he goes to kill Kermit and this is where the giant animal comes out of the building and it's just the huge animal head that we talked about in the first half of the podcast. And so he scares everybody away. So they make it to Hollywood and then they have a whole scene with another big cameo who's the secretary to the guy who's doing the auditions, Mr. Lord.
1: Leachman is Miss Tracy. What do you want to say about her
0: hair? It is something. It is high and it is great. I love it. She's great, but yeah. So she's allergic to animal hair, and so there's all this kind of bits back and forth. And then she lets them in to see Mr. Lord. Well,
1: well, they they, woke, they they start. I love. I I actually like this little detail that there's a fan, an oscillating fan, and it goes on. Like I think Bunsen turns it on, and like Camilla starts shaking. Yeah, starts and animals like molting yeah. or whatever. And it's yeah, it's all the like actual feathers and hair that are probably. It's it, it seems like something they came up with when like it's a windy day with the Muppets or something. They probably yeah. have dealt with in that and like the jim henson creature shop or whatever yeah yeah
0: yeah. so she lets them in and uh they don't even really audition and mr lord's just like (laughs) i love it prepare the rich and famous contract
1: i love that it's called the rich and fame the standard rich and famous contract. yes yes and the uh just kermit is so they're such a undeniable talent that just by looking at the muppets you go It's (laughs)
0: it's Kerm- yes. <laughs> Kermit and Company. Yeah, he calls them Kermit and Company. Yes, says,
1: Mr. Kermit, Mr. Frog and Company or something like that. Yeah, oh, Kermit and Company? that
0: Mr. Lord is... Orson Welles. Yes. So now it cuts to Kermit on a set, and it's you can see they're kind of recreating the sets from their whole journey to get to Hollywood. Everyone's on the set, mm-hmm. uh, and you get Rainbow Connection, kind of a reprise of that, the scenery gets knocked down, a light blows up, and then this rainbow comes in. And then we get kind of the last song of the movie, and that's where you see all of the, I think, what did I say, 250? The lovers, the
1: dreamers, and and you.
0: Yeah, I think you get like 250 Muppets in this scene. And then Sweetums jumps through the movie screen at the end of the <laughs> I movie. I catch up with you uh, guys. And then it cuts to the credits, which is all of them in the movie theater. And again, it goes back to Muppets doing bits.
1: Now- it has been a while since I've done the questions, so let yeah. me make sure I got them. Uh, was the prince, which in this, the prince has got to be
0: Kermit, right? Kermit. Yeah, it's great. I this is Kermit. Kermit's
1: movie. I, I, It's, it's I mean, Kermit.
0: I mean, it's the Muppets story, but it really is Kermit's story of how he got connected with the Muppets and the Muppets came to be. But yeah, it's Kermit's story. Out of story. the
1: ones we've watched for the podcast, this is the most Kermit story. Like Kermit is the star of this. Yes. less. Yeah. I think he's less so in Treasure Island. Like He's a hero in that, but I think it's like Gonzo's, Gonzo's kind of the main ish. And then like Gonzo definitely in Muppets, but mostly uh, Michael Kane. Like, the, you know? And
0: they're also playing a fictional, they're a Muppet yeah, yeah, playing yeah. a fictional character, whereas this is just Kermit as Kermit. Yes. You know what I mean? I, Which I think also makes it more of Kermit's story.
1: Right. Um, but I, I see the, the beautiful dog. Um, I think he's wonderful. I, I got more of an, like I said, the, the scene with his self doubt, the whole, like he's just wants to make people happy. Like he doesn't want to be famous. You look at him in the Muppet show. He's always about like, the show's got to go on. Like, mm-hmm. he's not about like, I'm the star of the show. He's these, the coordinator, he's the one bringing the talent. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, I, I loved it. It's so good. Yeah. Um, how's the princess? It's Miss Piggy, and we can't say anything. Uh, we love her. Yes, absolutely. Though she's actually, I got that backwards. I think the princess is Kermit, the prince is Miss Piggy. Either way, and they're are, both and the wonderful. Way we, we yes, in
0: the way that we, yeah, probably. Um,
1: but henchmen and sidekicks. Let's talk about sidekicks because it's all the other Muppets, and I think we talked about how much we liked them. But
0: do you have a favorite?
1: Oh, uh, I have so much respect for Ralph as a as, yeah. a, as a performer and as a, an actor, and and I think he's really been an inspiration to me growing up. Um, Fozzie. Fozzie is my favorite of the of the of the sidekicks. Yeah, I just relate to him so much. Uh, just anybody in the car. Yeah, in the, in I I like Gonzo
0: a lot because he's so zany.
1: Uh, Gonzo knows who he is so yeah. much; it has no. I like Gonzo again. There's this yeah.
0: confidence like Miss Piggy has. It's different, but. There's this confidence, this air about Gonzo that I really like. Mm.
1: Uh, Henchman, real quick. I really liked Austin Pendleton as, as Max. I think Max I is like a I really like Max good a lot, too.
0: Yeah, the rest of them you don't really get to know, but I like Max quite a bit. One of them's
1: named Glenn. That's all I remember. The guy who's tying up Kermit. Oh, he goes, yeah. All right, Glenn. Nice and tight. And I'm like, Glenn? Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, does it hold up? The only thing I think, I mean, there's they're chasing. They keep mentioning they're trying to kill Kermit, but the only thing I think that doesn't that's kind of questionable, but I think passes in an okay way is the Elslezo scene because we were talking about like it's all these people from different countries, and as we were thinking about it, I was like, oh, is what they're kind of saying like scuzzy people are oh, international? I didn't think about that, but I think that's yeah. so deep and whatever. Like I don't know,
0: I, I, I or it's like the riffraff. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, the 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 Muppets, especially in that time, are notoriously white men, but they are yeah. kind of misfits and stuff like that. But it's also the seventies. I I don't I don't know. I think that's the most is. I think this is a wonderful family movie you should watch with your kids. Yeah, I
0: think for the most part it does hold up, and it's. I think it's a great way to introduce your kids to the Muppets if yes. they haven't seen other stuff at this point if they have i think it's also great to watch it along with everything else that they know
1: when i was a young warthog when i was a young boy uh, when i was very young uh the the last scene with with giant rolf giant uh animal really bothered me like oh yeah that could be scary yeah that could be scary i was very little but for some reason it really bugged me um so I think it, it holds up pretty well. Uh, do 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 favorite musical number? We've, we've gone over that. We've, we've covered most of that. Yeah, so we've I think discussed it's it. Absolutely, time to rank Drink Doc, Doc Hopper. Hopper. The infallible scientific villains ranking was designed and created by top scientists working together to establish the perfect method of devising a villain's relative knavery, cunning, and vileness.
0: Each evildoer is judged in seven categories on a scale of one to five. The averages of each category are added up and the resulting villain ranking tells us exactly where each 'er ne'er-do-well belongs. Whether it's at the top with our queen, Ursula, or at the bottom with Aconcagua, the grumpy mountain of Saludos amigos.
1: Here are the seven categories.
0: Number one, frightening.
1: How scary is this villain?
0: Number two, funny.
1: How often did this villain make you laugh?
0: Number three, fierce.
1: How much attitude, sass, and sense of style does this villain have?
0: Number four, effective.
1: How grand was their evil plan and how well did they execute it?
0: Number five, design.
1: How awesome does this villain look?
0: Number six, go away heat.
1: How much did you honestly hate this villain and want them to be off your screen as quickly as possible?
0: And number seven, yes factor.
1: Whenever Tara sees a villain she loves first appear on screen, she says,
0: Yes!
1: How often did you find yourself missing this villain's presence when they weren't on screen?
0: Follow along at home and let us know your own villain scores.
1: And now back to the podcast. Doc Hopper. Yes. Frightening. He's getting a one for me.
0: Yeah, I don't... You never really feel that. Like, well, I guess you do throughout the movie, the danger increases for Kermit. I
1: guess. I mean, I could see giving him a two. I don't think I'm going to do it. If I'll
0: he, give him a two, because it, it increases. He's kill... He is trying to, like... Even though he wants him as a mascot, at one point he says, I'll take you alive or stuffed. So, like, yeah. yeah so I'm going to give him a two.
1: Charles Durning is a good actor, so I think he plays some of... Like, he's good at comedy, and he's good at, like, making it seem serious. And and I'm gonna for that I'm gonna say funny like he's a two or a three for
0: me. I think he's a two for me.
1: I think I'm gonna put him as a three just because I love his like you love like the like the the puff up like he's not maybe I'm gonna give him a two because I don't think you, he's supposed to be funny. But, but I you love him in that commercial. That commercial
0: makes you laugh. So the, I mean I don't know I'm if that a, I'm gonna give him a strong a three, two.
1: But yeah, uh, fierce no no effective once. uh. I mean, he is persistent.
0: He's persistent, yeah, but he, I don't think he's effective because he doesn't really, I mean, he in the end, he doesn't get Kermit for the commercials, but he doesn't even get close. I mean,
1: from minute one, Kermit says no.
0: Yeah, like Kermit's adamant what he yeah. wants out of his life. I i don't know. I think it's a one.
1: I do, too. I think Doc Hopper's, which is, I okay. Uh, design. I'm willing to give him a two. Like I think he's he's supposed to look he's I mean, all he's in white. he's hundred percent based off of yeah. the
0: colonel. I think they they say that he's based off of the colonel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's well, got, it's a
1: bucket, a frog legs. Yeah, like, and he's got
0: the same bow tie and everything as the colonel. So I mean, are we really then that means you're ranking the colonel's design, I feel like. The colonel. <laughs> so uh It's
1: the colonel with a hat. I'm gonna give him a two for design.
0: See, I think it takes away from design that he looks identical to something that okay. already exists. So you have your so I'm list say and your
1: numbers, as has been for three plus years now. So you're <laughs> I'm going to say one. one. Yeah. Okay. Go away, heat. he has no go away heat with me.
0: A two for me. You I don't like that two? he's coming after Kermit.
1: You don't like that he's killing frogs? Yeah. And I'm going to go Yes Factor. He's getting a strong four. I love Doc Hopper when it comes to Yes Factor. I love him. I don't know why. I just um,
0: I just I just I'm gonna give him a two. I like Max more. My God But well, maybe because Max is redeemable, I feel like. And and it's interesting that Frank Oz didn't want Hopper to be redeemable, which I get. But I feel like if if in the end like Hopper like turned around, I think maybe I'd like him a little bit more. I did rank him very low. Yeah,
1: let's just really like let's rank him. So let's see.
0: I don't know, I went with my gut.
1: So he gets an eleven point five, which I think is very low. I'm sorry. Um not the lowest you can get, but who Hachimachi. Um, let's see where that puts him.
0: Maybe I did rank him too low, but too I late. feel like I went with my gut. It's
1: too late. Yeah. Tara, he is our third to last villain. Wow. I don't know that he belongs there. Dr. Terminus.
0: I don't know that he belongs <laughs> below, there.
1: I you know what that is? That's the go away heat numbers bumping up those people. Yeah. Below Captain Gantu. You're right.
0: That's what it is. Yeah, he had no go away heat.
1: I just think I just think you thought he was an okay person. Yeah. Oh, he's tied with Captain Gantu, so he's yeah, he's okay. tied for third to last. With do you remember Captain Gantu from Atlantis? No. Nope. No. Lilo and Stitch.
0: Oh, I <laughs> never remember that guy's name. No, great.
1: <laughs> well, justice for Doc Hopper. Um, also, Tara, I I don't think we need to answer this question, but shelf or uh,
0: oh. On the shelf prominently, maybe even oh, yeah. like framed. Like it's so good.
1: It's 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 an excellent movie. Yeah, uh, for any reason you're not, you haven't watched it. Absolutely watch it. Um, I know a lot of you have. Thank you all for voting for this. It was,
0: it's on Disney Plus. If you're looking for a place it's on Disney Plus, you can get it other places. But if you have Disney Plus, that's going to be the easiest way to view it.
1: It's always a joy to do episodes for great movies like this, so uh, I believe if I got the thing right, will next thing you'll, next time you hear from us will be Halloween Spooky Seasons coming up, so we'll probably do some re-releases of old episodes, and we'll definitely get one new one for you.
0: And we might be dressing as, um, some Oh, well, you're theater. just going to oh, boldly gonna well, come out. I was well, going to give I'll, I'll a teaser. It I'll bleep it out. Yeah, we might be dressing as uh, some characters for the Muppets that were inspired during this mm-hmm, watch-through. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, thanks so much for listening, folks,
0: and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care, listeners. Thanks for listening to Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you've got a Disney story to share, a bone to pick with us, or just want to say hello, call the Princess Diaries hotline at 707-YO-TRPD-1. That's 707 968 7731
1: You can send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com tweet at us at trpdiaries on Twitter or check out our Instagram at trprincessdiaries
0: Join the Facebook group to post Disney memes, vote in our Disney theme brackets, and meet other fairy tale friends. Facebook.com slash groups slash trprincessdiaries
1: Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review.
1: Check out pods.link slash trprincessdiaries for all the places you can find us on the web, including how you can support us through our coffee account or our Redbubble merchandise store.
0: Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after.